0: Holy buckets, welcome to the state fair, everybody. I found out two seconds ago I'm doing the intros, so I'm sure they're gonna be amazing. Uh, round of applause for Alive and Kicking, that was an awesome show. Holy buckets. You gotta tell, are you guys selling merch? Yeah, okay, cool. We'll hit up the merch tent later. Um, hi, I'm Brittany. I am with the Tom Bernard uh, Morning Show podcast. And uh, I'm going to give some intros to these gentlemen here on our panel. We've got Michael Bryant. Ratcha and Bryant. Pretty good. We've got Ralph Basham from Basham Cosmetics. I'm skipping you two.
2: Skipping you two.
0: Here is Tevin from, you know, just being hot and Tevin and young. Must be nice. We have the legendary Don Shelby. We found out how many days have you done the fair?
3: 320 days.
0: Now 321. You're welcome. And of course, Tom Bernard. I heard almost zero booze. Boo. Did you boo? There is almost no booze. Okay, we'll take it.
4: That's because you drank it all when you used to be. Oh, she walked right into that. Which one? I I well. She did back in the day. I will tell you that. Are you? Were you in alive and kicking, or do you support? Did you belt out a tune? Did you at last? At last. last. My love has come along. Come on, sing with me. Oh yeah. I love that song. It's one of the greatest songs of all time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming out here. A beautiful day. Uh I kind of worry about these once in a while because I've been to the state fair before when it was about a buck thirty-five. You ever been out here when it's hot? It's a thrill, isn't it? There's no question. So everything going well. So far, so good. The fair is good. Nice of all the people to come along. Tevin is uh, my adopted son. Correct. So he, uh, we bring him along just for the hell of it. <laughs> yeah, they have he, a quota they have to meet. So you I know mean, what's great <laughs> about this? you know what's really Yeah, along. we have a quota. I forgot about that. <laughs> and the fact about that is that some people don't believe that he that he is my my adopted son. And I said, why not? He said, because he's a lot better looking than you. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, you have no answer. I have not, I have not, I'm not going to disagree with that. I'll take a compliment. Oh, okay. we well, thank you going. so much,
4: uh, boy. I, you know, I think the last time I appeared at the state fair, I think was I was at WDGY in 1975. So it's been a while. <laughs> you know, I don't know if the Beatles still had a hit then or not, but I was, I'm thinking about it. But now it's just it's a different experience. I've never been. You ever been to a state fair in another state? Because I never have. So, yep. mo- oh, you have before? What are they all huge? They're all pretty big. How's the food at most of them? Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's exactly why I asked you that question. I heard the f- food here at this state fair is really, really good. And we came out, and Don had his foot long hot dog hanging from his zipper for about an hour. It
0: was very classy on my one year old child. Oh,
4: no. oh look, at she's covered her mouth. Oh, great. That's all we need to hear. Don Shelby, ladies and gentlemen, you know what's so great about that? You know, by the way, it's kind of a coincidence sitting here today because somebody was going, people love to go after me for this and that and things, oh, my God. Everybody thinks I'm really, really conservative. Now, I'm pretty middling about some things I'm here and some things I'm there and all the rest of it. I said, let me run something by you to see how hard line I am on either party. If I'm really conservative... Why would anybody at this table talk to me? Because they're all really liberal. <laughs> they wouldn't even. Well, Ralph, you're not all that liberal. Uh, I'm not all that liberal, but I'm not but, all that conservative either. No, that's exactly right. So, you think we can ever get back to an area where we just go, "Hey, you know what? You're a Republican, you're a Democrat, but I like you anyway." No, <laughs> we cannot. <a> <laughs> yeah. No, we cannot. <laughs> I really hope we can. There's so many great things like this. The fact that you're here watching this, watching a bunch of Hunyucks talk on stage, it's an indication to me there must be a god. You know what I mean? <laughs> Why else would you come? You know what's Blackhawk?
3: It's a band. A
4: helicopter. Oh, it's the country. Okay. Are you in the band?
3: See. We'll see if this works out here.
4: Uh-oh. We're out- Wait a minute. Can we hold up for a second? I just saw Brittany run for the first time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I
1: almost, I almost passed
4: out. What was that all
1: about? I think it's part of being a mom. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. Wait, what, are you expecting him to sing a song, Brittany?
0: I, I didn't hear the question. I was testing out to see if this no, he, mic he, worked he out. He
1: wanted,
4: to, he wanted to sing a song for me. <laughs> Well, she, we'll get her to do At Last, then you can do a country song. Yeah. Did, are, you, are you a big country fan? Yes, I am. Anybody kicked you out? Like, i got to be honest with you. Don Williams was one of the greatest singers I've ever heard.
1: He's, good. he's yeah. good, but I like the newer country better. You like I the, know you don't, but I heard no. it the other day on, the, on your show that you don't like the newer country. What, so. what,
4: what did we play? No, you don't play.
1: No, your, your show. No, but I mean, what, what didn't I like? You said you like, um, what is it, R&B? You don't yeah, like I'm a big that, R&B and fan. Yeah, you, you can't like, hear that anywhere anymore. Yeah, you don't like the new rap stuff, and you said you don't like the newer country. Yeah, I think that's what I I, heard. I
4: do tell you, well, see, I grew up, my mother was a big country fan, so it was a lot of Eddie Arnold and stuff like that in her generation. And those boys could sing. The, the, Patsy Cline, there's ever a be, better yeah, singer yeah. in life than Patsy Cline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my God. Now, that country I do like.
0: I found someone. Uh-oh. I found Reggie.
4: Reggie? Is it the father of Gogo? Yeah. No. We're <laughs> oh, still my God, looking Reggie's is here. Reggie, get up here, you pill. we got <laughs> to find a, a chair for Reggie. I just want Reggie and Kevin to stand up, and I want Tevin to insult Reggie.
1: I mean, Reggie's bigger than I am. What are you, 6'4"? Like I, I pick. I yeah, but I mean, I like pick six, fights six. that I can win. <laughs> 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 you, know, <laughs> you can win?
0: A round of applause and for you know, Reggie. He is the owner of Must Be Rough Dog Treats, can we and I can confirm my dogs inhaled them, so definitely worth checking out. Where, where are you at at the, the fair?
5: Uh, we're up in the pet pavilion. Oh, nice. Oh, nice.
0: Did you watch any animals get neutered or spayed?
5: <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> right. you what,
0: what? They neuter or spayed thing. them in front of you <laughs> at the pet pavilion. I
4: think it's spay. No way. Huh?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I spay. I know you didn't understand <laughs> me when I said it.
4: You know, off Mike, I'll tell you why you shouldn't have used the word you used. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. So let's go with. So, Reggie, Yo. we got to find you a chair. All right. Is there a it. chair right You're here. Us, huh? Brittany, running well, I breath. thought they were too, But you know, we had a lot of people showing up. Stand up next to them. I think. Oh, yeah. Oh there oh, hey, we go. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> really? <is that> right? <laughs> Reggie came on the show. Uh what day was it this week? It was Tuesday? Week. Was, it, week. was it Tuesday, Wednesday? When did you come on? Oh, what
3: is today? Today's Saturday.
4: What's today? <laughs> <laughs> Were you up last night drinking a little bit? That no. Him? Baking treats. Oh, you're baking treats for the dog. Oh, by the way, yeah. Reggie has a company. What's the name of the company again? Must be rough, R U F F. Great stuff. And we brought it home for Jude. Our we have a we have a dog, Jude. He's like 11, 12 years. I was only kidding about a chair. I don't want him to sit down. No, I'm just kidding. Um but we brought it home and Reggie makes these treats that look like like people donuts. Yeah. Do they have a lot of like sugar in them and stuff? No sugar. That's what I
5: thought. No sugar so, at all. Uh,
4: so they're teaching thanks, dogs to eat Thank Keep God she finally <laughs> got rid of the microphone. <laughs> I not to listen to it anymore. Right. No, we'll get her back. Don't worry about <laughs> it.
5: Um, so, yeah, so you, how did you come up with the idea to make these dog treats? Well, like you say, uh, I grew up on a farm in Mississippi, and the, the farm dogs were basically eating the house food. You know, they lived, the farm dog lived to be 20 years old. So I took that concept, okay. try to make some treats for him, high quality, human grade ingredients, and hope that the Doberman that we have, Kirby, will live to be 20 years old. So kind of turn into a business that way. What, it's where in Mississippi? Um, Jackson, Mississippi. Jackson. Jackson. Oil
3: Cam Boyd, I think, is where he's from, I think.
5: Who's that? Oil Cam Boyd. Who's
3: Oil, oil Cam Boyd? is a Red Sox pitcher. He's oh, great. Oh, God. <laughs> I know it's I the Red Sox. He's
4: going to lose his mind. No question. No, I was ta- I was talking to Reggie about the fact that I spent a lot of time down after the hurricane down there. Yep. I- Catherine and I spent a lot of time in Jackson and Biloxi, Mississippi and places like that. And I-, I think it's highly underrated. You guys ever been to Mississippi or Louisiana? It's highly underrated. I think it's the people are very, very nice. Got great great places, great food, all yeah, the rest. Great food, great music. Great music. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I still want you to, you know, when he's not looking, like sucker punch Tevin right in the side.
5: <laughs> Bam! No.
4: Nah, no, not happening. <laughs> no. He's,
3: he's a lot younger here. than
4: me. My Ladies and gentlemen, Don Shelby is with us today.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much, everyone.
4: <laughs> do you still consider yourself the greatest news anchor of all time? <laughs> yes.
3: Yes, no. yes, I do, as a matter of fact. No, I don't. Dave Moore. Dave Moore was... A for for local anchors... Time. Uh, in line, Cronkite, probably the best.
4: Probably. Yeah, no question. I told you, though, Dave Moore made me cry the first time I ever met him.
3: <laughs> he did.
4: <laughs> I love Dave. Dave Moore was like a legend in our house, all the rest of it. And so I finally get a chance to meet him. This is like, God, 36 years ago, something like that. Maybe, yeah, 37 years ago. So I'm like, oh, my God, I get to meet I get to meet Dave Moore. This is going to be amazing. My mother loved him and all the rest of it. And as he comes up to me, he goes, "Tom, I'm a little nervous." And I said, "About what?" He goes, "Well, you're a legend." Oh, gee, I'm like, wow! Like, shut up, you! Oh, wow! Pain. I'm like crying because he, I mean, for, <laughs> think about that. For yeah. Dave Moore to come yeah. up and say something yeah. like that to you, it's like you did that on purpose.
3: Yes, wasn't he amazing? He was amazing, and one of the things that made him amazing was he was also a good person. Besides, he's a being very nice person. The uh, giant in the industry, and. A household name for everyone, whether they watch Channel Four or not. Oh yeah, everybody. Knew I mean, Dave KS Moore. fans and WSA or KMSB or whoever they were watching at the time, they still knew who Dave Moore was. Oh yeah, and could and that's what we call the Q rating. If you know somebody, can pick their picture out and say what they do, then their numbers keep going up. So Dave Moore was one time in a state rated higher than the governor. Wow. Oh, yeah, more people, absolutely true. More people knew him and what he did than uh, the governor. But he was the kind of guy that, uh, yeah, although he was this, he was the king of the newsroom. But if a intern came in and meekly sat at a desk and tried to be invisible, right. he would be the first person to get up and go over to that intern and shake their hand and say, my name's Dave Moore. Right. Like like they wouldn't know right. who in the hell that exactly. was. It's and he said, say, My name is Dave Moore. I sit over here and if you have any questions, just come over and ask me. And that that was the kind of uh, the kind of milieu that we had in the newsroom that when he left I tried to carry on. To try to have well, you that kind of camaraderie and family yeah.
4: feeling. Well you did. You nailed it, there's no doubt about that. I- Ta-
2: and Tom, you know, same thing happened to my daughter. Same thing, kind of thing happened to my daughter when she was on the Young and the Restless. BB King was go- making an appearance there, and he was there, and he could play it a little tiny bit. and And I said, "Well, go and say hello to BB King. He's here because he's a fan of the show." So she she said, "No, I can't do that. I can't do it. None of the other young adults would go say hello to him." So finally, she she led this group of young people up to him. She, she introduced herself and he says I know you sure. I know you you're Mac on,
3: on the Young and the Restless so it was just oh, yeah. a sweet thing wow. because he that's was a phenomenal. fan of the show and a fan of her yeah that's how so life, life should be I have a BB King story um, we on the five o'clock news we had suddenly a an entire two minute three minute segment uh, fall out the uh, machine ate the tape we didn't have the story and so the producer said we got a hole in the middle of the newscast. What are you going to do? And uh, we can't re-edit it. And I said, well, B.B. King's over at Orchestra Hall for two oh, nights. Yeah. And they said, well, can you get him over here for an interview in uh-huh. 15 minutes? And I said, I don't know. I'll go over. Because I was just across the street, and I went across the street, stage door. And I said, uh, may, I, may I see Mr. King? And I walked in and uh, talked to him for a minute, told him what their problem was. And uh, fortunately, tickets were not sold out that night. Good. And he said, uh, with his promotion person, said, yeah, I'll do the show. So he came over, and we were, I was anchoring with Ann Rubenstein, if you remember this woman. I do. And, uh, <laughs> and, and she is so unhip, she called him, because she saw his name, she called him Beeb. <laughs> Beeb. Yeah. Beeb King. You know, I didn't know it was Beeb King. Beeb, but it sounded like she was being kind of familiar with him. And she said, Beeb, let me ask you a question. And oh, well, this, this woman was kind of hip. I mean, she must know this guy really well. <laughs> know, not nosing from Adam. Anyway, after the interview, he was very gracious during the interview. And then uh, she said, Beeb, what are you doing tonight after the game? And he said, oh, We got to do another show later on. Uh, tomorrow, but nothing tonight. We have got anything gone. She said, "I'm having a little soiree over at my pad." <laughs> oh God! <laughs> now, and and I said, "I haven't. You didn't tell me anything about a soiree at your pad." And she said, "No, it's says, yeah, it's all something I'm doing. Bring the guys, bring big slick and the mellow fellows, and all your horn section, and bring." The band and everybody come over to my place. Don will pick you up. <laughs> Don will pick you up. There you go. And then afterwards, he left, goes back to orchestra hall to rehearse. And I said, "I said, Ruby, uh, what is this party about?" She said, "Let me hold a hundred dollars." Oh, I can go to Byerly's and buy some stuff and get some liquor for this thing. Because uh, this just came off the top of my head when I saw uh, <laughs> Bede King, <laughs> and that night he comes to her house. Wow! With Big Slick and the Mellow Fellows, with his entire horn section, with all the guitar players, uh, and we had we stayed until five o'clock in the morning. Wow. And he held court, and it was the most amazing thing in the world. What a wonderful person this was. And that's where I got the line when I said, I said, uh, I said, Bibi, toward the end of the night, Bebe, what is the downest, ugliest, loneliest blues line that you have ever, ever heard? And he said, "Uh, there's no problem for me to answer that. The answer is, nobody loved me but my mama, huh. <laughs> and she may be jabbing, too. <laughs> I love
4: that. That's a, that's a true story.
2: That's a magnificent story right there. What he a became. gracious person he was. I mean, he, wow. I, 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 you just see in his mannerisms, his body language when he met my daughter. It was very, very nice person. So, so did he you wear his focus? hat the whole time? Uh... Oh, I don't remember a hat. <laughs> I remember Lucille. I don't remember the hat.
3: Though.
4: Oh, you remember Lucille? Yeah, Lucille.
2: The guitar. Somebody
4: stole that guitar once and he got it back.
2: Yeah. yeah. And The other thing about it is when he would get nervous, he would play. Mm. So he would play. So, so when, he, when he was finally on set, you could hear him playing in the background because he was nervous to be there. Wow. He was just playing a little bit just to relax himself before they had this uh, on-air uh, on kind of, uh, sort of uh,
4: taping. That's very nice, very sweet. Cool. Um, a couple of people asked me if I'd do this, so if you've heard it before, I apologize. But they said, would you please? And by the way, my friend, I can see your muscles from here, you pain in the butt. Take about Eric? <laughs> Good guy right there. In any case, they asked me if I would do, um, and it's a true story. It's not a joke. It's a true story. Jeff Cesario, who's going to be on, I think, in a couple of weeks on the podcast. On yeah, he's going to be at Acme.
3: Yeah.
4: going to be at Acme. Yeah, exactly. Jeff Cesario left Minneapolis, moved to Los Angeles to produce uh, <laughs> the Dennis what was it, Dennis Miller, I think. I think so, yeah. He produced the Dennis Miller show. You know, very, very funny guy, all the rest of it. So uh, he flies out, and Jerry Seinfeld picks him up at no. the airport. And, again, this is a 100% true story the whole, the whole way the thing went. So Seinfeld picks him up at the airport. They uh, go downtown. They're walking around. And he, you know, he's showing them this, that, and the other thing, all, all this great stuff. And he goes, you know what? Rodney Dangerfield is over at uh, the comedy store. You want to meet Rodney? And Cesare goes, oh, my God, I'd love to meet Rodney Dangerfield. Of course I want to meet him. That would be wonderful. So they walk along, and literally the second they get there, Rodney's coming out of the building to get in his limousine. So they walk up, and... <laughs> And uh, Seinfeld says, Rodney, Rodney, I just want to get your attention for a second. There's a new guy in town. Really, really talented guy. He's a great writer, great comedian, does great stand-up. He's gonna produce Dennis Miller's new show. Rodney, I'd like you to meet Jeff Cesario. And there's a long pause, and Rodney goes, Cesario, huh? Italian, huh? Stick to the tumbling." <laughs> One of the greatest stories, isn't that phenomenal? Think like, Italians aren't funny. That's basically what I love that story. That's one hundred percent true. True story. No well, well, question
2: about it. The same thing happened. We were at the comedy store in uh, in LA. Where we we there was a uh, stand-up. We were watching, and there was a special. Hey, don't be guest. taking
4: my bike with you. You got to go. Don't be taking. I gotta go home. I understand. Have a good day. Yeah, there you go. We got her. I love that. Anyway, what do you say? So, so, he's, so uh,
2: we have a special guest tonight, and it's Rodney Dangerfield. And he was going to be on The Tonight Show uh, later that week, so he wanted to come in and uh, test out some material. So he goes, and he's he, he warms up the crowd a little bit, and he uh, he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a piece of paper torn out of a three-wing, or not a three-wing binder, but a yeah. spiral notebook, Oh, right. jagged on his the edge. Jokes. And he unfolds it. And he starts reading through these jokes. And he would hit, hit that punchline. People would like hit the punchline. Comes to the last joke. Hits the punchline. And there's not a sound in the place. And he's up there and he says, really? He says, I thought that was the best joke of them all. So he was really exposing himself. That is, he passed uh, right. in a few months after that. Yeah. So those people, you know, comedians really are exposing themselves all the time when they're on stage. And even when they get mature, they're after it all the time because there's new material always.
3: I had an interesting experience at a comedy club in New York. Uh, They had, uh, there were probably, uh, it wasn't open mic, but they had seven uh, comedians. Uh, uh, Six of them were white, and they did uh, normal sets, chunks of their thing. There was one African American uh, there, and he was last. And I was there with uh, my daughter who was going to Columbia brought her to the comedy club she was dressed up really well I was in a three piece uh, suit uh, Boston Hyrule collar oh, I was uh, you know, cuff links so I was doing the thing the, my white hair and I had bought a, a table very close to the stage and so the brother comes up and starts doing his uh, set but he keeps looking at me at you. And look, looking at me. All right. And I'm thinking, can this guy possibly be recognizing me from TV? I'm, I'm just wondering. When people do stare at you from a while. Yeah. And so he's just looking at me. And finally he says, hold up, I, I have to stop my my routine here. And he points at me and he says, ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce to you. Oh, God. And I'm I'm getting this cocky, you know. I'm like, okay, he he did recognize me. Let me introduce to you the whitest man in America. Please stand And And I did stand up and take a bow to a round of applause. Because you are the whitest man. I was the whitest man in America.
5: Do you remember who the comedian was? No. I'm I'll find him I'll find him. Who's your favorite comedian
3: Tony?
4: Uh, I'm, uh and I want to ask everybody in the audience this question as well cuz uh you know different forms of comedy but number one overall would have to be Richard Pryor, Pryor. Yeah.
1: cuz oh, he Pryor's changed good. comedy oh, do, forever. Do, yeah, Pryor, but yeah. the
4: problem is do you think in today's world a no. touchy nope. we are he would <laughs> never <laughs> no. break big. I think no. so. You think no, he no, still I, I would think so,
1: Because yeah, you have Dave Chappelle who Definitely lives on the edge. Yeah, that's he, true. You're gonna get where it would be definitely tougher for him to get there, but I think he would get there eventually because he but was he, undeniably
3: fun. He's not gonna put those albums out with those names anymore. Though. Well, oh, I can't. No, you 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 hey, do you have a new no. copy of?
4: What's oh, right? I can't say the name of the album. <laughs> yeah. yeah, every right. album had the big end in the sure title. Did. Yeah, <laughs> sure like, did. what are you yeah.
1: doing? To me? <laughs> it's a different time back then. It was a
4: different time back then. Definitely. I used to have his kids on all the time after after he you mm. know got really sick. And Richard Jr. would come on. Rain would come on. The nicest people. So a lot of the times he had to be a good person because his kids are both very, very nice people. So, okay. Okay. But I, I don't... He changed comedy forever. I think I was 15 when he first broke. And, you know, he did. He changed it forever. So they were very, very funny people. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, and I can't really use any of the lines he said because there are children. Here, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so right. I really can't right. do that. But... The line that he had about The Exorcist, he said, you know, one thing about that movie, The Exorcist, ain't any black people in the movie. You know why? And again, I have to change what he actually did say. He said, if there's a black father in The Exorcist, you walk in the room, kid flopping around a bit, he go,
5: girl, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine what he said. <laughs> yeah, you know the word yeah. he actually
4: used, yeah. which was not girl, but, you know. No, I think Richard Pryor changed comedy forever. Yeah. yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. He had all these... Because he would not steer clear
3: of anything. No. Like, no. You, you're you a big fan of Louis. I mean, Louis. Did a lot without swearing. I mean, Louis, Louis
2: Armstrong? No,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: Louis, Anderson. Louis Anderson. <laughs> hey, I know. Right. I Louis mean, was phenomenal. As funny as he could be without swearing, it was all clean. Everything. Isn't that did, crazy to think
0: know? like you look? Think back at his comedy, and you're like, oh yeah, there. What you walk away not realizing it till later. Like there was no swears in that. Yeah, I didn't
3: yeah really. nothing. Right. Nope.
4: Yeah. So I mean it's very very sad that uh you know how many people during COVID we lost what seven major comedians yes. I believe. Yeah. yeah. Seven of them. Uh Louis Anderson certainly was one of them. Uh the first time we ever went out to dinner Louis cuz I met Louis Anderson because so we were doing a show in Las Vegas uh at the Treasure Island back in the day. So that was 30 years ago or whatever it was. And all of a sudden there's this hubbub and in walks I had never met him in walks Louis Anderson uh. And he's got 22 boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts <laughs> with him. 22 boxes of donuts. So everybody in the crowd was very, very happy about that. Did he, that. Did no he give them to anybody? Or? Oh, he passed them all out. Right?
0: That would be such a Louis joke to say, did you guys bring any for yourself? <laughs> no, yeah. yeah.
4: So we go out to dinner. Catherine, my lovely wife, and I go out to dinner with Louis Anderson. We're just sitting around the table. And I'd never met him. Just That was the first day and all the rest of it. And he said, he goes, Catherine, I have to ask you a question. It's not a very good impression, but (laughs) it's as close as I can get. No, it's spot on. (laughs) But he goes, Catherine, I have to ask you a question. I've never met you two before. Do you get the same perception of Tom that I do that he's.
3: Really (laughs) self-involved.
1: Yeah, thanks. I feel much better about myself now, Louis.
3: How did they answer?
1: I was going to say, how quickly did she say yes? Yes.
3: Yeah, that's that's exactly our impression of our father and husband.
4: Why did we invite Tevin? That's what I want to know.
1: Louis was the
0: nicest man I probably ever worked with. He was so I was like a low, 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 low intern, like low on the low, and. We were, I was holding coats for people, taking photos with them after the show. I was just holding their, you know, because nobody wanted their big winter coats with them. And he was so nice that he was like, you know, he wanted to get a photo. There's a huge line. He would literally ask me, is it okay that you're staying late? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm an intern of an intern of an intern. Like, yeah, like I will hold whoever. It was just like, nobody asked anything. He's like, I'm sorry. Is this getting late to us? And I'm like, you can see me? Like, (laughs) such a nice guy.
4: No, a terrific guy. And, you know, we've been lucky with that whole situation. Yeah. Most people. Matter of fact, we went through it just the other day, the people who weren't nice. And it was only about four or five of them, actually. Yeah. I mean, in general, when you when you had people coming to the TV station, were they generally pretty pleasant? Yeah. See, that's good. Yeah. Radio, it's not always that way. Oh. You know, it's just how it is. I
3: think it's more polarizing in radio.
4: Because I do I think, things like, who the hell are you? Yeah. yeah things like that. Yeah.
3: No, I, I, mean. I wonder if, if this is true. Uh, I have found that my uh, taste in comedy has shifted um, with, with the divisiveness and the anger and everything else that's in the air. Yeah. Because I want to feel angry, but I I can't rationally be an angry person. I don't person, blame you. you don't want to live so I can't day. do that outwardly. But yep. I am in love with people like Louis Black yep. and people oh, yeah. like oh, Bill yeah. Burr. Who Pilbers just tear out. me up because they say the things that I'm thinking? Yeah, they say the words that I am thinking that I can't say.
4: But that's, a lot of them can't say a lot of things they used to. No, but I'm,
3: I'm not talking about uh, no, that's, that's things true, things that have that are sensitive words that have been uh, extracted. But they can talk around these words and make that the word replacement the subject of a bit that they're angry about and so i can get angry with them right by uh watching so it's cathartic to watch comedy instead of laughing to just shake my head (laughs) go damn right and yeah well that's
2: true and that's why i believe comedians should be absolute free speech absolute free speech they can say whatever they want and no one can say anything about what they say because you need to be shown these things you need to see these things if you're uncomfortable you should be because you have to that makes you introspective and reflective of what's going on in your life what's going on socially for them and that's why I, i i i'm incensed when anybody criticizes a comedian for doing anything because I they agree. need to be able to say that stuff.
3: Yeah. Now, I, I, well, I agree 100% as a freedom of speech guy and a First yeah. Amendment guy. I think that is absolutely true. But uh, the commercial market also has the power sure. to get up and not buy tickets to your show That's if right. they are yeah. feeling offended. Right. So absolutely. you have to uh, accept the consequences of the choices you make as yes. a performer. You ha- You can't go... Uh, well, the hell with all you people who don't buy my tickets. Right. No, that's not the way it works. I'm going to do something, and it's going to be on the edge, and you're going to decide whether to watch me and support me or not and take that chance.
0: Yeah. Don, how does it feel when you're on TV? Do you feel like as an anchor when you're, like, in your career, you're allowed to have your opinion on the outside, or do you think that it's supposed to be just a peer neutral across the board with with TV news.
3: Uh, great question, Brittany. The times have changed. Don't, don't guess. It. Right. I, I, won't go, I won't go long. The times have changed so <laughs> drastically that uh, when every once in a while somebody will say to me after 12 years, we miss you on television, and I've watched 12 years of television news. And the last person who asked me that, I said, I miss me on television. I miss the, the kind of straightforward facts only, no opinion Stuff. There was a period of time in my life, and and I don't often talk about this, where I felt that journalists shouldn't even vote. Wow. wow. I I felt that that. journalists should not even vote because even a hint of a personal desire to see one side or the other win in any circumstance would have an effect of betraying itself in how you presented information if you had a dog in the fight right you were going to tilt one way or the other so i uh, we always had rules you can't donate you can't work for any political party right um but i would rather just facts uh, tell the story but what we have seen over the last 25 years is the opinion a person's opinion being elevated to the same level as an actual fact. So they say respect my opinion as though it's a fact. Yeah. I don't have to respect your opinion. Nothing in the first amendment yeah. set you say you have a right to express an opinion, but you don't have a right to expect respect of that opinion. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> my my daughter one time had, given an opinion about something was going on in the Iraq war. And uh, she said, what do you think of that opinion, daddy? And I said, that opinion stinks. <laughs> and she said, she said y- you don't have any right to say that. We're studying civics. And-, and the Constitution says that you have to respect my opinion. No, I have to respect your right to express your opinion. I ha- don't have any, you don't have any expectation that I will respect your opinion because it's factless. It's based on nothing. It's based on what your friends are saying. It's not anything that you have thought about or considered. So to answer your question, Brittany, uh, I tried not to think about all of the things I now think about on a political framework, uh, whether Democrat, Republican, Independent, try not to think about those things even off the air, but uh, always looking at how the facts stood up and uh, very much like michael does in uh civil cases looking at the preponderance of the available evidence and saying which which weighs more this conservative opinion or this liberal opinion which one factually carries the most weight and is most convincing
4: that was good because you went with the right hand for the Conservatives and the left hand for the Democrats. <laughs> that was good, man. You figured that out ahead. Well,
3: I did not figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He's still figuring it
4: out.
3: For, well, that's just
2: natural. That makes me very uncomfortable. It's just natural. Oh, well, you know, you use the hands at the same thing. I don't know. <laughs> that, that that may or may not be true. You know. Now that we're in politics, so really, all I think the commonality of the middle ground is. People have to have personal responsibility. You say something, there's going to be a reaction. You're a comedian. If you don't do a good job, you put something out there that no one buys. What's well, a product no one bought. So it's personal responsibility. I think that's a common thread through most
5: of that. But I was wondering though, as a journalist, can you um, interview or cover people from both sides? I'm wondering, like, does it... You talked about the journalist's opinions. Do they interview only the people that they share the same opinion with, or do they have to cover both?
3: In in cable news, uh, you're right, that they will load up editorially uh, people they interview who have a tendency to support that particular position that that cable uh, station has taken. It's not true of the networks. Right. The networks will still abide by, even though it is not a a part of the the law anymore, a a notion of the fairness doctrine, that they will uh, talk to both sides and uh, and deliver questions that are factually based and then let those statements compete in the marketplace and let the people at home go, "Uh, I like what that guy said. Right. Or I like what that woman said. I didn't like what that person said. And you saw a lot of the instant pulling around the Republican primary debates yep. that people were saying, well, she won and he won and nobody won and whatever. So, uh, yes, but in the networks and, and when I was uh, a serious practitioner of journalism that uh, I, I would interview any of them because I had taken the position of not – thinking about whether this person was right or this person was wrong. But that has disappeared. Yeah. yeah, That's disappeared in journalism.
4: Now, about six months ago on the on the news show, the, uh, the morning podcast, I made the statement that I've been watching the national news. Local news is a lot better, in my opinion, than national news because they're a lot more involved in the community anyway. But I said I've been watching the news... And uh, then six months later, now an article came out in the Star Tribune that all that Fox and CNN do now is try to make you anxious and scared because they make more money. When you're scared and you, oh, I got to tune in, I got to find out what's going on, something's got to be wrong, they make a lot more money by keeping you anxious and scared, which I think is disgusting. You know
3: that that is it is absolutely true that the uh, yeah that the corporate uh, competition drives a lot of uh, particularly cable news, um, but it's also a genius marketing. Ploy. Oh, it is yeah, so, no
4: doubt about that. So
3: uh, I'll give you an example here on even a local basis. So KSCP and WCCO competed head to head and usually split the uh, number of people who were watching television 30-30, right? That meant 40% did not watch television news. Yeah. Uh, Care came in, SWSA, and said, that's who we're going for, the people who have televisions but are not watching television news. Yeah. We're going to create a product that they'll watch. and they, And they ended up beating all of us. Really? Yeah, because they recruited people who were not news viewers... To watch this show during the 6 and 10 o'clock uh, operation. So the same thing happens with the division in the country, uh, CNN, MSNBC, pair off and say, we'll never get any kind of conservative viewer. But we right. can get all of these others. Mm-hmm. And. Fox says we'll never get any liberal viewers, but we'll get all of these, and we'll program accordingly and tell them what they want to hear. We will program to meet their confirmation bias. We will tell them so they will, if they may already think something, we'll tell them what they say is true. And they'll say, I like that station. I like that anger, I like that reporter because that reporter says things That make me feel good and Fox does the same thing so that's it yeah by and all it is is a a market so Roger Ailes who designed this said there is a big underrepresented market because the medium has been accused of being too liberal what if we had something that was just for conservatives so they owned all of the conservative market. It,
0: yep. It's like and it was free just algorithm. A commercial. Yeah.
3: It was a commercial deal.
4: No, there's no question about that. Sir, you're not seriously hurt, are you? You're going to get over it, though? Because i got to tell you something. I've been watching you, and I had, for a couple of days, had to wear an arm brace back when I was a weightlifter because I tried to be such a big deal that I hurt my arm. And I was sitting just like you. And Catherine's sitting next to me. And he comes up to me, he goes, let me ask you a question. I say, what's that? And he goes, you're Tom, aren't you? I said, yeah. And this is Catherine? I said, yeah. What did you do that made her break your arm?
0: <laughs> and then she gave a list, a long
4: list. <laughs> and it turned out, you know, he wasn't that far off, if
5: you know. <laughs> You've heard the same deal. Is it That's at least crazy. a cool
1: story? Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Should I, go, should I go get it. Right. And if you need a person, oh, she's
5: gonna go get the story. I like
1: it. Say if you need a personal injury lawyer. Yeah, we, do we know have, a guy. Brittany on the scene. So I, I, my dad died three weeks
4: prior. Oh, sorry to hear that. Uh, it is October fifteenth of twenty one. I'm really just down, she tells me to go to the gym and exercise. Oh, way to go. Uh
0: Shocking that it's blamed on the wife. I'm so sorry.
4: I call her a nag and do all this stuff. She goes, no, it'll be good for you. And so I go. I go to Lifetime Fitness, and I decide I'm just going to walk on a treadmill. I don't want to do much else. I take one
5: step on the treadmill that had the emergency cord pulled off, and the track was in complete neutral. Oof. Oh. Wow! I, this is the fourth surgery.
4: Oh wow. God! Ugh. So yeah, same story basically. Yeah, it's per- partially fused, and I've had a nerve. I had a nerve cut two years ago, uh, two weeks ago, uh, to be able to get. So it. do
3: I understand your testimony, sir, uh, to be that the accident was entirely her fault?
2: <laughs> that's that's what I heard. Okay. Exactly. Thank you.
4: Exactly. <laughs> By the way, George Carlin. Yeah.
3: George yeah, Carlin. Carlin. He's yeah.
4: a great move. Yeah. That's a great call. You know, one thing, I have to make a, an observation, because we only got about 10 minutes left up here. This is the first time I've ever been on stage where the audience got bigger rather than smaller. <laughs> oh, oh thank you. wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are leaving. <laughs> You're leaving. I don't know. Just as I say, it's like, okay, we got to go. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we got, uh, we got literally about 11 minutes. You should probably spin the wheel, go around the table. Michael Bryant has been ruining my life now I for could how Jump many years? by Ralph here. Well, no, we're going this way. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, <laughs> just. For that, we're going this way. <laughs> That's right. We're going with Brittany. So, Brittany, how many years have you been going to the fair?
0: How many years have I been, like, for work or just in general? You pick. Oh, gosh. Wow. We, had a lot, we had a lot of kids in the family, so we usually roll in here. I must have been with, like 10. And my, my mom and my, there's my mom, Beverly, with my little go-go.
4: Go-go. Oh, she likes it if go, you go. pretend
0: that she looks like my sister. Not my baby, my mom. Nah. Um, <laughs> and my stepdad used to always give, give us uh, like 50 bucks, which was like a big deal. Because there were seven of us kids. We'd each get 50 bucks and he'd say, you can spend it any way you'd like. And I would immediately buy a t-shirt, you know, food and all this stuff huh. and be done with the money. And then my stepbrother, Mike, who's far smarter than me, would always just pocket it. And then ask for bites of food. And I was like, that just showcased us as a family exactly. So, yeah, I love the state fair.
3: Still didn't answer the question, though. How long have you been to the state <laughs> fair? Right. That's, that's kind of I what I she's th- all about. <laughs> we appreciate the
4: story.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I mean, because I'm what? I'm a teen mom. So, like, at least a couple years oh, now. that's
3: the problem. See? The We're a teen, so uh, a go, teen mom. we been going five
4: years.
2: There you go. At
0: least five uh-huh. years now. I don't know. constantly would go to the fair. The fair was like... And then once you got old enough to get dropped off, it was the most freedom I ever had. So I love the fair.
4: It is pretty interesting. I have to ask everybody a question because I'm looking at her while she's talking, and I see that white wall over there. Why is there a sign on the wall that
1: says wind uh, I with see- an arrow pointing that way? I saw that earlier. I was wondering. What does if you that mean? It? What? Like there's no see wind. The oh, the left? Wind? Yeah. there's a little wind it just, tunnel. This is wind. Yeah. Wind tunnel. Yeah. 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 So maybe if you really? like hot,
0: you can go get a little bit of wind.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: I mean, it's in tape, so I don't know how official it is. It's kind of
4: weird, if you ask me. Well, let's think. meet
0: at the wind. Wind
4: with an arrow.
0: Let's take the D off and stand next to it.
4: It'll all work out in the end. Win, mm-hmm. so Reggie. How long have you been coming? To- now, how long have you live in Minnesota? Fifteen years. So, fifteen years. Okay, so yep. since you were two. <laughs> right <laughs> <He>
5: goes right. <laughs> so, how, how many times you come to the fair? We're a good two or three times a year, uh, family. Oh, well, um, you do? You come two, three times a year. Yeah, before I started working out, and now I'm a 12-dayer, but uh, like I told you, I'd never seen any anything like this before I moved here, and I just fell in love with it, so we- uh, The
4: Mississippi State uh, Fair is not
5: that big? No, no, it's probably yeah this this area we're <laughs> in right now. <laughs> this, is, this is the old state <laughs> fair in Mississippi. <laughs> I was telling Reggie the other day that
4: Hallie Barber, the governor of, of Mississippi, was a pretty good friend of mine. He used to go see him all the time. And I would say, and I'm very serious about this Mississippi might be one of the
1: most underrated states in the United
4: States. Yeah, it, I can it's see really
1: that. Really nice. <laughs> what do what you think I, I have family that You've lives in there? Mississippi, yeah. I like lived do? in Louisiana, yeah, for a little while. Like, Mississippi's That's not an underrated state. state. That's you the nicest too. thing anybody said about Mississippi. <laughs> you don't like Mississippi? Sure? It's, it's a fine place. I'm not vacationing in Mississippi. Why not? The ocean's beautiful. Yeah, it's peaceful, it's quiet. The ocean,
0: yeah. Well, Tevin, are you going on record that you're anti-Mississippi? Yeah,
1: you anti. I will take that stance. Again. Whoa! <laughs> yes, I, just, oh, except for Jackson, be, I have family in does Jackson. Does this have anything wrong, to do with like? Uh, I not want to. Buy it, I didn't want to bring it there, so we're moving. How long have you been coming to the State Fair? Uh,
4: it's my second time in no. 52 years. Oh, you're such a
1: liar. You love this stuff. No,
4: no, no. I've been here 8 billion times. Well, believe me, after this, I'm coming back more often because people are very, very nice. Haven't been booed once. Oh, I will be. But Almost
0: yeah. no pennies were thrown at you today.
4: Yeah. yeah. No pennies. Pay- oh, that's. Passel's
0: not here to chuck yeah. pennies at you. I'm
4: working at WDGY in 1975. I'm in a booth. I don't know where it was in here somewhere, but it's up a little bit. And these four guys are throwing pennies <laughs> exactly. at me. And one of the guys was about maybe 12 years old, something like that. I'm like, oh, jeez. So I'm dodging pennies. About 20 years later, I uh, talked to Jeff Passold about coming to work on the KQ Morning Show at the time. He goes, I'm going to tell you something. I said, what's that? And he goes, I was the one that was throwing pennies at you (laughs) 20 years ago. I'm like, oh, great. So Passelt and his brothers were pegging me with pennies. Whipping pennies at you. And now I adore that man. He's one of my favorite people in the world. I do miss Pasby in
3: here. He's a good guy. Now, the um, audio isn't perfect, so uh, the word was pennies, <laughs> P-E-N-N-I-E-S, not panties. <laughs>
4: panties. Because there. I, I thought, thought
3: she said panties. I thought she said. I did.
4: I thought you said panties. Oh, oh that's why I got that People
3: were throwing panties at that's him. That's a
4: different story. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Because although <laughs> that happens all the time, wherever <laughs> he goes. Even if he's walking down the street. But it's always yeah. men. A woman right. will take off her panties and throw them at him. I will say, although
1: if Passel's throwing panties at you, then that's oh, probably. Pass- yeah, pass- oh, pass- pass- always. throwing panties at him. He always exactly has panties right. on him, so <laughs> exactly. just to oh, throw. Oh,
4: thanks. He brought His... a beer for me. <laughs> I like that. Two-fisted drinkers. That's yep. working. By the end of the fair, those three will be going, what are you looking at? <laughs> you
1: sweat it all out while you're walking so around. Did Touch used to bring you guys to the fair? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Where are they supposed to get, Where the get fair? fair? Where are we going to get fair money? That's what and that would have
4: been of, right yeah. there. No, no, we did not come to the fair when I was a little. We didn't go. I think there was a north side parade that I could watch <laughs> in North Commons Park. <laughs> the Nazis going down north Minneapolis. Yeah, yeah exactly. It would be a real thrill. No, they used to. You know what's funny about that, though? Eat <laughs> the newspaper. Is that I went to St. Joseph's School, which is just about a block south of Plymouth Avenue and second or third street, so that's where I, uh, we lived right across streets and we, But the funny thing about it was is that very early in my life, the North, North Side Parade was on Plymouth avenue and then a couple years later, it moved up to Golden Valley Road. And then after that, it moved up to Broadway. It's like wow. we're getting as far away from the North Side as we
0: can
4: with the North Side Parade. Wow! It's like it says North Side Parade. Yeah, but we ain't going down there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I do believe, honestly, it ended up on on uh, the Parkway up there. Okay. What um, the hell's the name Peter of the Worf, Worf? No, not the the one the one that runs from west oh. to east, just out of it, it's parallels the entrance to Robbinsdale. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. It's, it's the Parkway, in any case. But they kept moving away from the crime. I will never forget. <laughs> we got to move here, here, and here. Okay, we got about three minutes. to well, get an F, yeah, Ralph. I love go to the fair. Well, I started with Michael, but no, then he stabbed but me. Ralph right hasn't back. said
2: it. How long have you been going to the fair, Ralph? Oh, we started. We started going here when I when I when I did a uh, Saturday show about plastic surgery at the A.M. station, K S T B A.M. Huh. Wow. We, we, we did, it on, did it here from the fair on a Saturday. And that's when my kids uh, were with me. Lindsey took the kids over to some ride, and I watched the, the fella get would get the kids on the ride. Uh, he had missed a couple fingers from, <laughs> you know, past accidents. Got him on the ride. He, you know, he walks over to that big old lever, pulls that lever like this, lights a cigarette, smokes a cigarette. Cigarette's done. Ride's over, kids.
4: <laughs> Ride's over. Sorry, that was an eighty-six. That, <laughs> that works out in the end. I like it. Any closing words? From should we go around the table with closing words? Uh, should we do
3: that? Sure. <laughs> sure.
0: Michael, do you want to start? If-
3: uh, let's see. And don't uh, say the word Rico. I won't okay, say right. Rico. Okay. No, I won't. Oh, the Rico. I, yeah, Rico. I won't talk baby, about that. <laughs> no, I. I it, you know, I've been an advertiser. I've worked with you for I don't know a long time, and it's always. I mean, these are your fans, and They're it's wonderful great to see. You know, I at times they come to me for help, and I'm always thankful for everybody that does that. And uh, it's always a joy working with you. And he is a good guy. That's what Ooh, Don? I get. No, you, <laughs> Don's not. He's trying to ruin I've got my to reputation Don too well. Yeah,
4: Don's not that great <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> Ralphie, oh,
2: I'd have to, I'd have to agree. I think uh, your fans are the greatest. They're the greatest.
4: These people are the, the ma- amazing people. people. My Level family adores people. all good of you. Bunch. By the way. She's having such a ball. That's I love that. She's just crawling around. Oh, cool. good to well, know. Who hasn't done that? Right? Picking scabs off your father's legs. Oh, no, grand-, grand-, oh grand Oh, oh, grand- oh, grand- oh well, I spoke? I love grandkids. I'm telling you, like I said, oh, this world's terrible. I'm a victim. It's just horrible. Really? I got a wife. I got kids. I got grandkids. I have a great life. I mean, it's just, isn't that, I mean, right there. Nothing to be upset about with that happening.
0: Pets and grandkids, I like that.
4: What did I, you got to get?
0: I, thank you. I'm working on adopt, I'm fostering Toby, but if anyone asks, he's terrible, because I want to keep fostering him forever. Okay, cool.
3: It's all true. Uh, my final word be, I am uh, glad to be back at the State Fair and to, and see human beings. It's uh, been a long time, and uh, 60 years of looking to a camera lens and not seeing people, and that's why I always loved doing the fair, because I got to see the human beings who were actually in the audience, and I like doing that, and I wouldn't have in any other circumstances come back out to the fair after 320 days of my life being here broadcasting, but this guy calls, and I move when he calls, so... I'm very uh, glad to be among Tom's fans and friends. Yeah. Oh good man. Could you do me a favor
4: in the purple? Oh. Could you move over just one seat for just one minute? Just, just for one minute, because there's a very specific reason I need you to do that. The show's sold out. Yeah. <laughs> Every seat's taken. Oh, my
0: God. Not a- <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs>
4: Oh, now you to feel that one. Now we're oh, talking. Oh, Pat Uh-oh. just no, you did so. Pat, Pat, Pat
0: ruined it.
4: Pat ruined <laughs> it. Pat ruined it. He Always. Gets <laughs> Waiting.
1: <laughs> I'm doing a video. All right. Party words. Um, I've been fasting for a week. So Hi. I'm here. I'm coming back tomorrow. I'm going to eat until go. they wheel me out in a wheelbarrow. So if anybody has any suggestions on food to stop by, let me know. Um, but yeah. I'll pork chop
3: of... on a stick. It's the best.
1: The por- okay. Oh, it's let's, good. I'll turn that I'm, is pork better. chop. I thought it was dump on the biggest like, What? And <laughs> cheese I saw like there's a fried ravioli thing back here. Oh, yeah, stopped that stopped that there. Yeah. I'm gonna have my girlfriend wheel me out of here tomorrow. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm glad to be here. This is my first time talking into a microphone in on the state fair, so I'm honored that you there, absolutely. honored that you have me here. And uh yeah, I appreciate everything that you've done. You've what was it been i think it was like 22 when you pulled me into your studio you were 20 working in the house wow and oh my god yeah, that has been all uphill or downhill depending on who you ask from since yeah, then, that. that's true absolutely right
3: you no need way. to get the dog some dog treats yeah i that's do right. have to get <laughs> prince dog
1: <laughs> treats where are you that's at right. pit pavilion up at machinery oh, yep, you'll be seeing me tomorrow you're gonna be there tomorrow i'm assuming
4: yep every all day right. i was hoping reggie would be taller than you I am. I think I, I, think
3: am. I am. Yeah, we'll I
5: am. Yeah. He said like it very high. I I think, so. I, think I got a bit, over a little. Bit. <laughs> little point on my head that kind of my apple. <laughs> <laughs> it all works out. Brittany,
0: I am dying. I am so happy. I get to have my mom and my Your kiddo sister. here. Sister. My sister. They left. And then I get to work with you guys. Just like it feels like a surreal day. I just can't believe it. I've gone to the fair as. Uh, a very, very broke intern, and I'm a very, very broke old lady. So. <laughs> oh, no, I just, the real, I get to work with you guys. I just, like I said, I'm on, like, cloud nine. It feels like the best day ever, so.
4: Sold and out I, again.
0: Uh, it's sold out. Uh, sold out. <laughs> can I get a big round of applause for Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast and Don Shelby and all the guys visiting us. I think I'm cutting out, which is... No, Tom, a, how about you? Any last words?
4: Any of my last words? I look at these people up here. They're my dear friends, each and every one of them. But uh, I want to refocus. And again, we just sold it out again, thanks to the two of you showing up. We appreciate that immensely. Oh, yeah, download the app, patches. just Yeah, download down. oh, yeah. Yes, down Tom Bernard. <laughs> no, I, seriously, I can maybe tell by looking at the audience a little bit that uh, back when I was at KQ, it was the highest rated morning show in America for 37 years, wow. and it was because of you. You guys set an amazing record. And we're going to try to do it now with the podcast. It's already got three hundred thousand downloads. It's pretty. It's doing really well. So tell your friends, just the Tom Bernard app. Go to the app store, Tom Bernard app. Listen every day. We We'd love it when you
1: call in because Brittany has to work. Then she
3: can right. just sit
1: around barely. Do nothing. though. don't worry, barely. And if we can get everybody to download the app, can you? We get like a confirmation that you'll sing with that senior rock group that was before us. <laughs> like Alive next year, video? you'll senior rock. Yeah. Yeah, Are they down. all
4: gone now? Is that where you're taking a shot at them?
1: I'm not taking They're very good, but I'm saying you could join them next year if we get everybody down with that. We do a little duet. I just think some people,
4: it's nice to know that some people can't sing as well as Bruce Springsteen. No. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean that as a compliment. But uh, but no, I, and, and that, this is not, because it's not who I am. And you can ask everybody up on the stage. I'm not big into butt kissing and all that stuff and stroking people. I don't do that. If I try, I start vomiting. You know, it's that kind of deal. But you people are so special to me. You gave me a life that I can't even believe. I have a magnificent life, and it's all because of you people. So I think you should stand and give yourself a round of applause, is what I think. And I'm going to do it with you. Yeah, yeah baby. Oh,
3: thank you. Okay.